James. Raf. Give us some of your Airbnb reviews. What are they saying about you? Reviews of me? Yeah, reviews of you. We'll go one for one. Great. Go ahead. Okay. Cecilia, Rome, mm. Italy. Okay. Everything was perfect. Smiley face. Wow. Did you did you meet this person? I don't know if I ever actually met her. No, no. She sent someone else. June 2015. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm. I like this one because just to set the stage, you should read this as if I've put like a pistol against the back of his head while he's writing this review. James is awesome. He is traveling across America right now. If he requests you, don't hesitate to accept. He is a smart young individual. He cleans up, a joy to talk to, isn't weird or creepy. (laughs) Specifically. I just want to give give me a bit of context on this guy just so I can. I didn't realize when I booked this Airbnb that it was basically like in a frat house for like the University of Pittsburgh. It's not, it wasn't like official frat house, but it was like that was the vibe. It was like a share house with like six guys living in it. Um, And this guy was like on the track team. He was a discus guy for the University of I always think about this. Imagine being the second best discus thrower in Australia. I'm there. (laughs) We could bump into him today. And someone could just say to us, yeah, I'm the second best discus thrower in Australia. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Well, I, well, I would feel nothing. <laughs> yeah, I would feel nothing. <laughs> but this, this guy was like a big- Discus guy. Big, but like big unit. Yeah. Picture like American college Chad vibe. Mm. This was him to a T. And I came down one morning in this Airbnb, like six in the morning, and he was in the kitchen, shirtless. Oh, yeah. Doing a Bob Ross painting. <laughs> like he had his laptop. Bob Ross talking through like a beautiful American landscape and he was just doing it. And he had a big back tattoo that said Carpe Diem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Carpe Diem, brother. I respect that. He certainly was by the sounds of things. He, he was, absolutely. And I asked him, he said, this was the first, it's the first one I've ever done. <laughs> I, I, like on a Saturday at 6 a.m. Anyway. Rika in New York who ends it with, they were quiet and left the apartment tidy. I would. <laughs> you would? It just ends there. Would. <laughs> I just got nice guy, two words, from a, a guy in Berlin where I actually lost his bike. So I think that might be a negative review because it just says nice guy full stop. <laughs> this actually shows a good timeline because I've got a bunch in 2016 for one trip to the States. Then the Rome-Italy one I, I talked about before, which, by the way, was February 2020, just before you know what. Oh, just over the line. <laughs> yeah, just over the line. That's the last time I used Airbnb, and there was a four-year gap. I used it once on, on that Europe trip mm-hmm. because, I don't know. I don't so Just say it, put it out there. It's not that good anyway. <laughs> it's just not that good. Whoo! Yeah, no, you know what? You're absolutely right. A lot, a lot of my reviews, actually, I was using it a lot earlier than I thought. Like, I think my earliest one, December 2012. Beach out, June 2012. Oh, I mean, that must have been- Quiet, considerate guest, welcome anytime. Nice travellers, happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that must have been pretty early on. I'm pretty sure it was like launched in 2000. So, it was founded in 2008. Yeah, well, but- famously, there was the story of them selling cookies at like a McCain-Obama thing because it started as literally like you filled out a PDF- and sent it, and you exchanged money in person. They didn't have a payment system. You had to do it in person. It was basically just like a list places that people want to stay for conferences is how it started, and then work it out with the host how you pay. Yep. 
development obviously evolved since then. I think, like, come 2012, it was still pretty early in, like, its proper expansion. Mm. I'm pretty sure when I used it in 2012, because I went to Europe, it was still one of those things where people were just still telling you, like, hey, you should book on Airbnb. Yeah, it was still seen as pretty dodgy, that whole concept, which is a big change that Airbnb has made to the way we travel. Psychologically, the concept of staying in someone else's house is pretty new. It was not done before then. No, it was pretty new. And, like, obviously the pitch was pretty compelling. And it was cheap at the time mm. to get somewhere much cheaper than a hotel to do it. And, like, they still hadn't worked out. Nowadays, if you get an Airbnb... 99% of the time, they're going to have, probably maybe not that often, but they will have like the key locker. Yeah. It's a pretty seamless transition. I'm actually, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure Airbnb help you sort that out now. Yeah. You're less likely to meet the host than you are to meet them. Yeah, totally. Whereas back then, you had to organize like a handover. There was like a tremendous amount of like friction and making it happen. Mm. I, I seem to recall, like, I went to Paris. That was that first one, 2012. And I just like completely forgot to organize, like, I hadn't even thought to organize with the guy, like, when I was going to meet him. Yeah. So I like landed in Paris and was like, Oh, shit. And I mentioned he was like, yeah, I thought you were going to arrive like nine hours ago because we just hadn't talked about it. Um, whereas now, obviously, it's much easier to, to do. Mm. But the rest of the experience, precipitous decline, I would say. It's gotten worse by a long way because petty bourgeoisie landlords have started- Started. Ex- I'd say they're fully in by now. Yeah, they've increasingly embraced the tactics of the rent seeker. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big call. It's true, like- and everyone complains about it now. There's like a moment like a few months ago where there was like a shitload of TikToks going around, which I'm sure Airbnb's PR wanted to like blow their brands out about. But it was literally just like young people being like, Airbnb sucks, you know, it's expensive mm. and you have to do all these chores and still pay like a massive cleaning fee. Yeah. Like I'm all about hotels now. Yeah, yeah, I'm a hotel guy. Which this, is this actually what all these true. Are. Like I feel like without meaning to, went the same way. I didn't do a TikTok rant about it, but as I said, I kind of, in the last seven years, I've stayed in one Airbnb. Point being, the experience has gotten worse. As you say, the dirty feeling of having to pay a cleaning fee, but also seemingly have to do all the cleaning yourself. Yeah, totally. And rules. I think that's the worst thing for me and people like myself, which I believe is probably most of the population. Like very few people love rules and those who do are sickos. Right, I'm, I'm, I back you 100% on that. Yeah, yeah, Only sickos love rules. Walking into a place and just getting a folder with just lists and lists and lists of rules oh, and shit rules you and can rules. and can't do, yeah, yeah. Well, you're paying for the experience. It pisses me off. There, I said That's it. Bad. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, there was one rule that I was chill with recently. I was at an Airbnb in New Hampshire yet a month, and one of the instructions in the big gigantic binder, most of them were, were, were bad. Mm. There was a classic down round sound effect there. <laughs> Most of them were bad, but one of them was like, you got to put your garbage bags in the locking bin or bears will come into the house. And I was like, you know what? I'm chill with that. I'm cool to abide by the, the anti-bear precautions. Well, you're anti-bear. Yeah, well, I'm not anti-bear. I just don't want them, I just don't want them in, the, in the house. I think that's fair enough. So I'm happy to abide by the rules. Maybe you have happen. a bit of bear energy, I have to say. In what sense? Bear cub, maybe. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I think you joked about the petty bourgeoisie, but I think a lot of this does is like a second-order function of the fact that there's a lot of people now who obviously have actually no interest in running a hotel room. Mm. Like, that's the last thing they want to do. No. And the thought of people having fun in their house revolts them. They're, <laughs> they're sick to think about that. But, like, they just look at the fact, okay, with relatively minor overhead, mm. 
Obviously, there's a shitload of um, companies you can book to like manage it for you now. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to do any of it. I can get much bigger return on my property mm. than renting it out long term. Yeah. And with only a little bit more stress. But these people, as I said, have no interest in actually like providing a service. Yeah. They just want somewhere. They'll have the place. They'll whack up fucked IKEA paintings mm. to give it a homey vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why all Airbnbs look the same. They all have the exact same art on the walls these days. Yeah. So they need to put down all these rules because it's like- Well, the incentives are all fucked up because yeah. unlike a hotel, there's no repeat business. But yeah. they, don't, they don't have to provide, as you say, a, a great experience because for the most part, they don't care if you come back next year or th- in three years' time or whatever- they know that there's churn. It's pure churn. You're calm and you're gone and they're never going to see you again. So why yep. provide a good experience as well as the fact that they're not really thinking it purely as like a business business. They're thinking of it as, I own this house. I own this. You know, I took out the mortgage at zero yeah, yeah. interest rates because interest rates have been low, which has obviously stimulated the, you know, rentier Airbnb hustler class because they've been able to borrow for so cheaply with low interest rates. And it's their house. And you see this a lot on the internet and stuff when people are like, wow, these Airbnb rules suck. And you'll then see someone who, like in the comments being like, it's my house. I worked really hard to be able to afford this house. And I just ask for a bit of respect when you come into my property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to a hotel or somewhere else where they're attempting to give these you These are people who want, who want a passive income stream, which is, and like they, they wanted it with absolute baseline, minimal hassle that they can get away with. Yes. Which, you know, that's the business model of Airbnb. Like mm. obviously- the whole purpose of Airbnb is is not to create a generation of lovely, homely BB providers. Mm. It is how can we obtain as much stock as possible mm. and then allocate it to fulfill the demand. So obviously Airbnb has cultivated this kind of host. Yeah. And but you know, the backlash means that changes are afoot. Changes apparently. are afoot, yes. The, and the, the reason we're doing this episode actually is that Brian Chesky, founder of Airbnb, put out a Twitter thread announcing some changes. First of all is that the um, cleaning fee is now included up front, which is something that, that should always have been there Yeah, because it, it has gotten to the point. Because when you're on Airbnb, you, you're looking for, you say, I want to stay these days in this city, and it shows you like the figure of what you're paying per night or, or yeah. for your entire stay, and then the cleaning fee was involved, and that can often be like two or $300. Mm. So now that's included, that's wrapped up in the price. Mm. Obviously, their pricing guys have figured out in their head that it's probably worth doing that. They're losing more business than they're gaining by not including that. However, there was a little thing he added, which is they're also going to guide property owners with regards to what price they should be setting it at, which I feel like that slipped under the radar a little bit. Uh, There is a little bit of cause for concern there because there could be basically some cartel behavior happening there. If you're like encouraging certain prices to a disparate group of people, it keeps prices within a certain bound, which means you're able to control prices so you no longer have a free market there of prices, basically. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but it's just worth noting. Yeah, yeah. I actually have no idea how the what the guidelines are for setting what the- Well, there, there, were, there were yeah. none, apparently. Oh, and well now west, they're yeah. introducing, yeah. they're going to kind of set yeah. kind of guidelines to host. And the secondary thing was that they're also clamping down on excessive chore requests, basically. Mm. They outlined it in the sense of like, he wrote in his thread- Brian Chesky. That you shouldn't be expected to like strip the beds. Or vacuum. Or vacuum at the end of your stay. But he was like, but put the the kitchen tidy out in the garbage bin. There's not so much to ask. Come on. (laughs) I'm not your mother. Let's see you. But you shouldn't be asked to do anything beyond that, which is fair enough. Is it? Because I don't know. I wanted to to throw rubbish out. (laughs) Yeah, I actually had no idea what I meant. But I understand why they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. 
every other update from Airbnb of the passing thing is just like making it you can do less and less. Obviously, there was the party ban. Yeah. Can't have parties in Airbnbs anymore. Mm-hmm. After, was that someone got shot and killed at one? Yeah. At a, an Airbnb party? Yeah. Probably driven mad by those crazy rules. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of these funny things. Like Airbnb is, you know, one of those like successful gig economy businesses or whatever, sharing economy. Yeah. Rather, where it's one of those things where it's like, we're just going to set up a marketplace. We're going to connect People who've got something with people that want something, mm. we're just going to step back. But it's just like one of those crazy things where, like, the politics of having someone in your house, and for many people, they're like personal yeah. home. When I was covering Splendor, when I was working pedestrian years ago, I stayed in an Airbnb in Byron Bay, which was just someone's family home. Mm. And I slept in like the kid's bedroom. <laughs> and he had like all his like schoolwork up on the wall with the gold stars and shit. Mm. And like my legs were obviously hanging off the edge of his. This fucking six-year-old's bed. And that was a real moment of like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this does not feel right. Uh, it's always been weird when you're staying in someone's actual home yep. and that they've like vacated. To go on holiday or whatever. Or just like, yeah, you're in Byron for Splendor. It was like, yeah, we, we, we can go away and like- We'll go to grandma's house and yeah, make- Make a mozza. Yeah. Anyway, but like, yeah, the politics of just like hosting someone in your property are so insane and like Airbnb deal with- I think Uber gets a lot of heat because of the way drivers are paid and the way they are treated and, like, accidents for Uber Eats riders. They obviously get a lot of deserved heat there. But Airbnb is, like, some of the stuff they have to navigate is deranged. It's, like, unbelievably complicated, essentially. And the other, like, while we're sort of on that subject, the other thing that comes up time and time again is, like, what does Airbnb do to, like, a local property market, essentially? Yeah. This is one of the things I've, like done a lot of reading on. I'm trying to like figure out what it actually is. Because, you know, the, the, the critic's position is, especially when it comes to the rental market, mm. Airbnb just basically colonizes them all and then people who actually want long-term rentals. Yeah, there's less supply for long-term rentals because people can make more money off short-term, as you've outlined, and yep. so therefore it pushes up rents of long-term rentals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of difficult to figure out what the effect is. I think I think it's, it depends where you are, basically. Like, I'm yeah. almost certain that if you live in Bondi, if you're looking for a rental in Bondi, you are going to be like- You're competing against Airbnbs. Uh, Airbnbs, exactly. And if, you're, if you've got a vacant property in Bondi, which is close to the beach or something, why wouldn't you put it out there? Mm. And I know that when I was at Business Insider and we were covering during COVID, early on in COVID when the borders first shut, a lot of stories and a lot of real estate agents talking about the glut of people in especially like desirable suburbs in Sydney were going to real estate agents and being like, I've been running an Airbnb for four years and now I actually need to get some tenants in there. So I don't yeah. know how long this this whole COVID palaver is going to go on for. Yeah. And get in the way of me grinding and get in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just hustling, financially yeah. independent. Yeah. But I mean, the other side of the critique there is the usual crowd would just say, well, just build more houses. Yeah. The MB view, like just build more houses. You'll have enough for Airbnb. Yeah. You'll have enough for long-term rentals. So, I mean, I guess that's where you, that argument lands. We'll get Justin Simon in here to, <laughs> to, to have a go. I don't know where I stand on it as well. I haven't like, it doesn't feel that good. I can imagine if you lived in what was once a quiet beachside town, it would be annoying having people just coming and going with like very little respect for the community and the neighbours and blah, blah, blah. The idea of community has been destroyed, and this and Airbnb is certainly not helping it in any way. <laughs> but yeah, it's probably like a, a symptom rather than that. Yeah, they're not the Did, evil. Yeah, I think it, it all just sort of feeds into a, a big pile of shit, um, <laughs> which is basically what the podcast's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do remember when I um a, a friend of mine was visiting Sydney from Melbourne and booked an Airbnb at one of those 
apartment blocks in Surrey Hills. Mm. Uh, this always sticks with me because, like, it was one of those places where, just like I described before, it was an apartment that was absolutely designed to be outfitted to be an Airbnb, mm. like placeless IKEA wall art, etc., mm. etc. And it was one of those things. Like every time it went out into the hallway. You just got the overwhelming sense that every single person you saw was Airbnb. Yeah. So there were all people like looking for doors. It was meant to be in a residential apartment block. I don't like I don't think that's necessarily like, oh, it's bad for Sydney. But it's just like weird. Yeah. It's, it's like- so fucking weird to have a building that's like ostensibly a place where people live, but is actually a hotel. Yeah. Well, it's like the increasing transience of everything. We work in employees for shorter term, we're on contract labor, we live in places for shorter amounts of time. Everything has to remove the friction so that we're constantly moving on to the next thing in order to keep the liquidity in the market going and moving and money moving, which maybe is good. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's good. And community doesn't exist anymore because we live in the global village and we're all kind of internationalists or, or what have you. Yeah. And we don't own anything so that we can increase the efficiency with which our goods move. And look, you know, that may sound unfortunate, but the moment that we work kombucha hits your lips <laughs> down the gullet, you are thinking, I'm living, baby. <laughs> See, I do actually think Airbnb is a good business and I have been bullish on them for a while because I do see, like, from a pure business perspective, the potential is obviously huge. Every residential property in the world. Obviously, that's not likely and- Desirable. Uh, or desirable. <laughs> and I have heard analysts say, like, they are reaching saturation in a lot of markets, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah. But as a business itself, especially now that during COVID they trimmed the Airbnb experiences and all this kind of weird bullshit that yeah, yeah. was never going to work no. and was symptomatic of a company that, <laughs> that had was, way that was, too much money. That shit was so funny. Like when it was like instead of just staying in the city, you could just meet up with a random guy who teaches you how to juggle. Like- yeah, 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 exactly. Like no one wants that. No exactly. one wants that. A weird tour guide? Like what? <laughs> like the beauty of Airbnb is like you have somewhere that's like homely and in the middle of everything. Yeah. That's it. You actually, and like the magic is that you don't check in with a hotel card and you're in this weird corporatized, industrialized building, which as I said, nowadays I actually prefer. Like I'm yeah. a hotel. Tell I'll give, give, give me that every day, any day of the week. But yeah, exactly. You have, yeah, this homely, I'm in Portland staying in a house. Yeah, so I live here to, basically. You know, I basically I'm a local. I'm going to the weed shop. I have to pay the extra tax because, you know, I'm not a resident, but fair enough. But <laughs> yeah, I don't want like, oh, and also I have no friends here, so I'm going to pay for one. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was the kind of the- I think it's, yeah, that was nonsense basically. But yeah, they trimmed the fat on all of that. Brian Chesky, if we put ourselves within- kind of capitalist CEO, Silicon Valley mode, I actually think is a very good CEO and does seem to acknowledge and care and be able to speak about some of the challenges that Airbnb faces that, as you've said, are like pretty big. Yeah. Like it's a difficult business. And I did actually invest in them early. No longer. Full no, disclosure. Oh. Full disclosure. No, no longer. I haven't for a long time. I own nothing. In fact, well, I own a couple of things, but I'm not going to mention them because then people will think my uh, <laughs> my position on Microsoft Teams is influenced by <laughs> But anyway, that's neither here nor there. From a pure business perspective, it's good. It's dominant in the market. It's like a Google or an Amazon in the sense that people don't search Byron Bay accommodation house. They go to Airbnb. They go to Airbnb. 90% of their traffic is direct. Like that's huge. Insane. That's like, that's an insane breakdown. So their customer acquisition cost is tiny. So it is like a very good business, except what has it become? It's become worse. As you say, the quality of the offering has fairly clearly declined and it's just like the question of like what what they can actually do to fix that the fact that they're finally punish not punishing but they're putting restrictions on hosts yeah rather than guests rather than guests shows that 
but this is an issue, right? Because for most of their trajectory, it's been supply. They need supply. It's yep. a classic marketplace. You need both, obviously, but they need a house everywhere. In every city and in, in all of the world, yep. they need multiple options for people to be able to book. And so most of the challenge was in like creating that supply because like the demand was there because it was a cheaper alternative to hotels. So it sold itself for us, the customers. However, it is interesting that for the first time, the screws are being turned kind of the other way onto the hosts yeah, and saying you have to restrict- you got to like actually offer a service that people want to pay for. Yes. Because, yeah, I think it actually, as, as I said before, is becoming less of a default option. Mm. Even for young people, you know, it's great for group bookings or whatever. Like if you have a bunch of people, there's really no better option than booking Airbnb well, or something. Well, me and our friends every year, summer holiday, we'll look at stays. We look at kind of luxury retreats and like, like those, those kind so, of so things. Well, we're talking about <laughs> but, luxury you know, like, retreats. Some of those... Other you've moved, websites. You've moved out of the, the price bracket. You're doing well for yourself and now you're a luxury but stays guy. I, I think it's kind of, it's probably a similar price bracket oh, sure. to what's no, on is. Airbnb, it's just branding, but just yeah. without the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And the negotiating back and forth with hosts and yeah. because that's the other thing with Airbnb that we haven't talked about, getting cancelled on. That's happened to me multiple times with Airbnb where you've like booked a place and then a few weeks out they're just like, oh, no, actually. Yeah, no, sorry. totally. It's, in, it's kind of baked in. Mm. It's really hard to avoid that unless- the company actually starts punishing hosts. Yeah. Which, I don't know, maybe they will, but yeah. We can only hope. I guess if I was in charge, the hosts would be...